Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss Avengers First Class. Welcome to Why Is Hi and Dan, a weekly Marvel recap podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. My name is Tyler Borland, and with me always is co-host Danny Vincent. Also have a special guest with us today, named Craig. Just kidding, we have someone else, but who is it? Hi, I'm Tori. Tori <laughs> Estes for you, Danny. Uh, to clarify, as I always say on this podcast, I mispronounce people's names pretty often. But unlike Kevin Feige, I don't think Tori deserves to have her name pronounced, which is why I was like, Tori, say your name, please, for us. <laughs> Instead of me going, we have a guest with us, and this is her name. Yeah. To be clear, I don't mispronounce Tori. I mispronounced Estes. I don't mispronounce Tori. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> well, before we introduce Tori, though, we should introduce Tyler, our new format. Uh, yeah. I feel like, yeah. So, from now on, it's a bad news, good news thing. Bad news is you're no longer going to get hour and a half long episodes from us, or two hour long episodes. Good news is not they're going to be six hour long episodes. Don't worry, that is not, <laughs> that's not the good news part. Uh, we're splitting the show up. This show is going to be a three uh, three times a week show now, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, and our guests, when we have a guest, will be on the whole week. So this episode is going to be built mostly around what we call the recap portion of the show, which this week is Avengers One. Uh, while we're watching Avengers 1, we'll explain later. So, Tori, <laughs> how do you know me and Tyler? Did you just, like, hack our Discord? Totally, totally. I just I saw that this was recording and was like, I feel like I should hop on and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just no, for the listeners no. at home, Craig is our <laughs> recording bot, and, yeah, Danny has feuds with him all the time, so. <laughs> I have feuds with Danny. I'm Craig, the polar bear. <laughs> is is Craig also uh, related to Bono? <laughs> uh, this is a ball sounds. Oh, wait, Tori. Uh... <laughs> Tori, yeah. Yeah. Well I, well, I know you both from good old college, good old theater department, um, which is why I love the name of The Green Room. That is a wonderful name for a segment. Um, but I wanted to say I was re-listening to some podcast episodes and the argument you guys were talking about in The Green Room the yeah. Last Jedi. I have video of that argument. <laughs> I just need to put that out there. It's I, I video of the foundation actually. of this podcast. Literally, I just like I just have a video of Tyler just being like, "For her to die," and like <laughs> slamming his arm down. Yes, like, one of the funniest wait, videos I have on my phone. Do you want? Um, wait, wait, is that about you wanting Leia to die? No, instead of like okay, being a yeah. Mary Poppins. I thought that Leia, yeah, I thought that Leia should have died in that movie, and I thought that Wrong. both Finn and Rose should have died in that movie. No, not Rose. I thought that Finn uh, should have, because then he wouldn't... It's not the... You know what? We, we, we have a promise on this podcast. We have a promise right, not right, to right, delve right. into this depth. Although, although... I wanted to say yes. I have documentation the one, fight, in case anyone ever doubted. <laughs> one exception of the Civil War episode when me and Kevin ganged up on you to say, no, The Last Jedi is a pretty movie. <laughs> it's a pretty movie. It is. Well, no, we've actually we talked about we talked about it another time too. We talked about uh, Ray Nobody being a good thing. I can't remember when that came. Yeah, out. yeah, I we, agree. But we didn't talk about that. that. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna talk about. It. We're not gonna get into the fight on how you're wrong about John Boyega should have died. Anyway, <laughs> I, I think okay. I will say one quick sidebar on that 
is that I'm pretty sure if John Boyega died, him complaining about him not liking The Last Jedi would be even louder. So, because he constantly talks about how he did not like The Last Jedi and how his characters brought in that. I'm pretty sure if he died, he'd hate it more. So, Tori, <laughs> what's your favorite Marvel yeah. movie? Yeah. This is the, oh, this wait. Is the Last Jedi podcast. Yeah. No, wait, right, no, right, right, right. You didn't say how you know us. How do you know I, us? How do I know yeah. you? Well, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite story of uh, of college is the amount of times that I think uh, Tyler, you and I probably scared people thinking that a fight was about to break out between us <laughs> because we were just constantly mean to each other. And I would want yes. like we so Tyler and I were for everyone listening. Tyler and I were in the same costuming class, and we had to work <laughs> shop hours in the costume shop. And I don't remember what day it was. I don't remember what was going on. But I walked in and was like, hey, everyone. And, like, everyone's standing around. There's new people. And Tyler literally just goes, shh, no one cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> like well, and everyone in the shop was just like, are you guys okay? Because the rest of the shop hours was just Tyler going, do you guys hear something? Is someone talking? I don't think anyone's talking. And I was getting so, like, jokingly frustrated. But I think the amount of times people thought a fight was going to break out, that we actually hated each other. Yeah. They, there was, there you was guys a time don't hate each other? <laughs> I thought Tyler brought you on the podcast to have us fight. Have a fight on the podcast. There, there was a time. There was a time I walked past uh, one of the one of the tables. You were like ironing out some material, and I was like, "Whoa, did you hear that? I think that's the theater ghost." And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, that was a lot of fun. Good times. Good times. So the next uh, question yeah. is, what's your favorite Marvel movie? So I'm gonna agree with Mark and say that like Into the Spider Verse is a masterpiece. Mm. I know that that's not. It's Marvel affiliated. It is Marvel affiliated, no, no, but you can talk about Spider Verse. It's just we want to hear an MCU one as well. Right, right, right. right. We want to gush about Spider Verse. Go right ahead. I love oh. gushing about Spider Verse on this podcast. I feel like it was it was covered, and I just it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just so well done, and I enjoy it so much. But I will say, mainly for the theatrical experience alone, I love Avengers Endgame just because of being in the theater with everyone. Because mm, all yeah. of us were you know, together for, like, this whole year of after watching all of our favorite characters just, like, disintegrate. And we all waited that year, and then everyone's in the theater together. Like, it was so much fun. Imagine if Marvel Studios would have made us wait for the whole five years, like the dusting. Imagine if it was just a year later and it was COVID delayed. Oh, Oh, goodness. If it was just a year later, and Fendi Ward would have been 2019, and then it would have been scheduled for 2020. Yeah. Uh, uh, but my thing with uh, Endgame, I was thinking about it. So I see movies multiple times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Nice. So first time I saw it, of course, I was like cheering. You know, Cap gets the hammer, and then they all show up at the end. I'm cheering, of course. But then the second time I saw it, I still went. On, I went on Thursday night. Then I went like on a Saturday afternoon, the same open weekend. So the audience was still amped up, and like when they all just started charging, I just started crying. I was just like, this is so like I I feel so nice right now. This is the payoff I've wanted. And I, I quite I, I do cry legitimately in Endgame too. Um, there's one scene in Endgame that I'm really worried about rewatching because it has always made me cry more than anything else in the movie, and it involves Chadwick Boseman. So, uh, oh, so yeah. I'm like, when he whatever. first walks through the portal. Oh no, that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about the no. end when Tony's giving his eulogy 
And he's like, old friends are back together. And it's like, he hugs his mom and his sister. Yeah. It's like, this is the last we'll ever see of him in the end. See, I'm, I'm getting emotional right now talking about it. Right, uh, right. But it's the last time we'll ever see any of them in the MCU. And it's just like, oh. Or it's, but it, 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 still, it still made me cry even before he died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, I think those are the characters in that sequence that I have the most emotional attachment to. Because Black Panther's... A better movie than most of the MCU stuff. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Endgame's a good pick. Our next question is, is WandaVision good? Because this is primarily a WandaVision podcast. Everything else, the main thing we're going to discuss with Avengers today is, of course, the role of Paul Bettany as Jarvis, which is basically Vision. And this is basically a Vision movie, right? We're going to talk about Anyway, so WandaVision is it good? <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I really had to think about this because, okay, I liked it. I wouldn't say it's, like, my favorite thing that Marvel has ever created, ever. Oh, sure, um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't go with but, that Right, <laughs> right. But I appreciated it. I mean, I appreciated what it was trying to do and, like, mm-hmm. what it, like, I, I love anything where it's, you know, tiny little, like, blips in, like, blips in the Matrix is what I'll call it, you know? Like, these little moments, oh, yeah, yeah. like, the helicopter and the little bits of color, like, I'm a sucker for that. I absolutely adore anything against black and white. Yeah. But it's kind of like, I think it was you, Danny, that mentioned at some point in your other episodes of watching Marvel-related and like items and enjoying it in the moment, but then when you go back and look at it later, you're like, oh, was it as good as I thought in the moment of watching it? Mm. Or, you know, and that's yeah. kind of how I felt with this. Like, I loved it. I didn't have any issues with it. And then looking back on it, I was like, well, I don't know if I'd ever want to fully rewatch it. You know, like there's not really an episode that I'm like, I need to rewatch that again. So yes, it was good. I think episode five is a masterpiece. Okay, yes. (laughs) That is, is, I'll give you that. Um, And like Agent Wu is like, chef's kiss. But yeah, I mean, I think it's good, but it's definitely. eh. I think uh, it's interesting though that you brought up my, I'm going to argue with myself for a second. Uh, <laughs> is that I do think there's a slight difference with WandaVision, though, compared to me saying, like, enjoying in the moment and disliking in the past. The thing is with WandaVision is it was a weekly release, right? right? It's a weekly release TV show. It's not like when I go, like, oh, I really enjoyed, for example, my least favorite show, my least favorite Marvel movie. I always talk about this podcast, Thor 2. I did enjoy it when I first watched it, but then, like, two weeks later, I was like, nah, that sucked. With WandaVision, it's like, well, I can say aspects of it sucked now, but I can't say I didn't enjoy it when I didn't know where it was going. Right. You know, like, for example, episode five, which I always talk about as, like, the premiere episode, is like, I hate what they did with uh, Evan Peters down the road. That doesn't change the fact that the ending of that episode is really cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. To be clear, I'm arguing with more of my past statement. Now with you, Tori, uh, your, your opinion is actually, like, one of the ones I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Solid opinion. She watched it. I'm like, Mark, no. <laughs> so next up is what's your favorite Spider-Man? Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. There is a right, wrong answer here. But I've learned that. I've. I was gonna say. I feel like this is a trap question because last week <laughs> Danny Danny mentioned names that were not even on this list. Yeah. And I'm very excited <laughs> about that. Um, that's why that, that's why Tyler just said Reef Carney, right? That's what yeah, we have to include him now because especially since we covered the he musical. is a live action fighter. Yeah. Hot take. You know what? I, I will add someone Spider-Man. to this list. I'm gonna add someone to the list right now who has is an option. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy is not Spider Man. Add it, Tom Hardy. 
Well, he's the leader of a Spider-Man adjacent franchise. Okay, I'll add someone else too. My answer's not going <laughs> to change, Danny. Why do you keep adding? Danny, adding Jared Leto. Jared Leto. No, <laughs> he's in Morbius. He's a he's a leader of a Spider-Man adjacent franchise. But that doesn't make him Spider-Man. <laughs> no. Anyways, my answer. <laughs> Holland, uh, Andy, or yeah. Toby. <laughs> right, 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 right. I would say Tom Holland. I mean, okay. I, I see that, Danny. I see the head shaking. <laughs> Wait, before I, I I will let you give your answers, but I want to c- respond to Tyler for a quick second, which is how is Andy and Toby a thing, and you didn't say Tommy. Tom, Andy, and Toby, or I don't know. Tommy, like Tommy. Okay, never mind. Tori, why do you pick? Why do you pick the worst? Okay. <laughs> why is your opinion wrong? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is a trap question. I've said that before. <laughs> I don't know. I just I remember watching. Toby and Andrew Spider-Man moving and like really enjoying them but I just feel more like a connection with Tom Holland's portrayal I don't know what it is with it it's just more of and it also helps with like the Stark connection I think mm-hmm. like the Tony Stark connection with Tom Holland just because I feel like that tugs so much at my heartstrings yeah. that I'm like oh yeah Toby and Andrew were a thing but like Mr. Stark <laughs> it just makes me it's cry because that, that is the main reason I dislike Tom Holland. <laughs> what? I think that the, the we'll get into I I don't want to get too much into it because eventually we will have to do episodes on the Spider-Man right. movies, right? Right, right. Tom Maguire, the Tom well, we should do episodes on all these, but on Tom Holland is I think making him so dependent on Tony Stark is just so frustrating to me because I like spider-man being a lower class citizen type of thing who's just trying to do the right thing yeah and when you have access to tony stark's money and funds you're really not i i want to i want to expand on what tori said about like the connection with tom holland i think it's the innocence of youth that we get with with him that we can that we can connect with and Mm -hmm. i think this trilogy this trilogy is all about him being forced to grow up so much faster than his his friends around him, you know. Oh yeah, he was gone for five years. <laughs> yeah, his friends are so like it's it's yeah. that transition of youth to to adult, and we're we are watching the innocence, the innocence of youth, you know, being like being lost. And I I would love to see kind of a wrap up to to this lighter Tom Holland in this trilogy, and then have maybe like another Tom Holland trilogy afterwards. Which I know Danny's like, I don't want Tom. Six Tom Holland Spider Man films. No more Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, we already have six. We already have six Spider Man Tom Holland. But Spider-Man Tom Holland solo Spider Man films, and so like I would solo, love to see solo that have Tony Stark as the second bill actor and uh, Doctor Strange in them. That's too. true. But yeah, I'd love <laughs> to see like a th- a third one where it's more of it's a lot more adult uh, Spider Man. Well, we're gonna go get more of that in the green room right. this week. Uh, but my I don't know my comment. I don't want to get too much into it because we've been talking too much about this, but in regards to Toby looking too old for the role, that was just the way it was in 2000. I bought it when I was a kid. I didn't know what high schoolers were supposed to look like. Right. I was five. Get up my back. You know? <laughs> I thought that's how I was going to look like when I was in high school. Got our question from last week. You ready? Yep. We have Mark's question from last week, which is, if you could have a crossover between any two Marvel characters that haven't met each other yet, who would they be? You go first, and then Tyler and I will give our opinions, because we didn't answer Mark last week. Hear me out. I'm not saying that it would be a good movie, or a comic, <laughs> or a miniseries, or whatever. I'm not saying it would be, there would even be a plot. I'm simply stating the fact, how entertaining would it be to watch 
Bucky Barnes slash Winter Soldier interact with Deadpool. Like, that oh would be goodness. one of the most hilarious experiences uh, yeah. ever. Yeah, my, I, I'm not opposed yeah, to it. Yeah, I like uh, that. My, my, uh, my thought on that is that would definitely be where I prefer they would take Bucky in mm-hmm. the future. You know what I mean? Like, right. put him in just as a supporting role in Deadpool 3. I'd be down for that. I think it would be a funny yeah. choice. That's a that's a solid eclectic choice. Probably I think because would, I don't really. Yeah, yeah I think it would really just be fun. Like cool. this character that <laughs> regenerates and like Bucky just gets so mad and is like, "Why won't this man die?" <laughs> I feel like it'd be very similar to the cable dynamic, right? But in a like not a, not in a negative sense. That's a that's a good matchup. Yeah, I would watch yeah. that. <laughs> We're expecting us to be like, ew, no. But like, we we're like, no. That's we're we're like, choice. yes, give us more. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, well, like, well, because it's not something I think of. And we're in this weird spot now where we don't really know what they're going to do with Winter Soldier. Is he just going to be a supporting character in Captain America 4? Uh, putting him in Deadpool 3 is an interesting choice. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think he would be kind of like the ideal character to move over because he's not too big. Right. Uh, but he is still someone that people would recognize. Also, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I've been arguing with people that I think I, I don't know if you guys keep up with the new Mortal Kombat movie, uh, but a lot of people are like Ryan Reynolds should be in the sequel to play this character named Johnny Cage, and I'm like I think it should be Sebastian Stan. So that's why I'm like, huh, that's a accidental connection for me in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Good job, Tori. <laughs> Kyler, what is your choice? All right, so I have pitched this before on this podcast. But I definitely want my crossover between Matt Damon, and that's all in one word, Matt Damon. Um, And then I want him and uh, Evan Peters, uh, Ralph Ralph Boner. Yes. Or in my, you know, for I I want those two to cross paths and just see what happens there. Yeah. Preferably (laughs) with with my pitch, my pitch going. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Agatha will just be, yeah. It, Agatha tag along, huh? Like, anyways, yeah, that's, that's good. what about you, um, Danny? I think I've said this before on the podcast. I'm not sure if I have, but my initial dream Disney Plus show before they announced any of them, and the reason I say that is because Secret Invasion has one of the characters in it, was a space buddy cop show with Valkyrie and Talos, mm. uh, which is a pairing that is literally just. I think Ben Mendelsohn and Tessa Thompson are two of my favorite actors working to just give them a TV show or a movie, honestly, yeah. where they can just team up and do random stuff. Their powers, I think, complement each other well. A shapeshifter and then a warrior. Uh, I think it'd be a good uh, odd couple dynamic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, that's that's my choice. And if those are, like, I'm, like, kind of pick like, ones that I definitely don't think we'll ever actually meet. Because I really don't think Talos and... Valkyrie make any sense to ever meet in the story as is, but yeah, I, this is my choice. Talos and Valkyrie, please. All right. All choice. Oh, thank you. Um, now you gotta give us a question for our next guest. Alright, I don't know if this will be easy or difficult depending on who's coming on next, but I would like to ask what they consider to be the worst Avenger, or their least favorite if it's not the same. Because sometimes someone can oh. be very powerful but you just don't like them, even if yeah. they're good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, first, two questions first. Okay. First, do you want them to keep it in the movies? Because I know our next guest is actually very familiar with the comics. Want to keep it strictly to the MCU? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's let's do okay. from MCU. Strictly yeah. in the MCU. 
And then what is your choice on this? Because <laughs> you won't be here next week to say it. Right, right. They can't be mad at me for whatever I say. <laughs> uh, I, my answer is going to be Hawkeye. And specifically tying into talking about this movie, I just, he's just not great in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just. I. Don't I would definitely say he's it. the worst part of this movie. Right. This one. Right. 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 Um, if you've been listening to this podcast, mine should be kind of obvious. <laughs> but I don't know what Tyler's is. Uh. So anyway. Well. Um, okay. Do they have? Do they have to be deemed an Avenger, or or it can just be any like yeah, yeah. superhero? Because like I can't. I, assume... I can't pick like a guardian, right? Yeah, I assume that's what you meant, right? You can't pick a guardian as okay. You have to pick an okay. Avenger. This is just a sidebar in, in terms of qualifications. I think I would count Rocket and Nebula as Avengers. I do not count. Any oh of them yeah, yeah, them. because of Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I also Five would years. never list either of them as the worst. Uh, well, so I I, really I wouldn't like either. I just wanted to ask that for clarity. Yeah. No, that's right. a that's a really yeah. good question. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, yeah. Wait, Tori, did you have something else you wanted to say? Because I cut you off. Oh, no, you're I was just going to say, like, yeah, anyone <laughs> dubbed an Avenger, it doesn't have to be, like, the OG, like, from Avengers 1. It can be anyone dubbed okay. an Avenger. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to our discussion of the first Avengers movie in anticipation of the Loki series coming to Disney+. Plus. Avengers First Class. I, I want to give one quick caveat. Is that even though we are talking about this in relation to the upcoming Loki show. This is also the only time we're going to talk about this movie, so we're going to talk about other stuff too. And also, there's a Black Widow movie coming out, so we're going to talk about Black Widow a little bit too. Uh, because this was really, I know she premiered in Iron Man 2, but I always view this movie as her first real appearance, because she's so whatever and forgettable in Iron Man 2. Uh, so, general thoughts. Uh, Tyler, you go. Alright, so uh, general thoughts is this is a movie that uh, I've seen it so many times. I enjoy it. I enjoy watching it, but uh, I def- definitely need like probably a year between each watch. Um, just oh, I need more than that. Sorry, just so to be, not to, so much. Not to interrupt you, even though yeah. I just did. Uh, but I, I think you're underestimating a year. <laughs> I think you need more than a year. I, uh, but go on. Uh, so I first saw this on home release in 2015 which was like this came out in 12 11 or 12 that was 12 12, yeah 12 so this i first saw this on home release in 2015 only after i had seen both or i had seen thor 2 iron man 3 and avengers 2 in theaters uh yeah so my introduction to the mcu i did see i did see iron man and then i think i may have seen parts of thor i saw incredible hulk but yeah, like I didn't watch Avengers. I didn't, didn't watch them all come together. So uh, yeah, I came into the game late. What about uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I I know we're gonna talk about this later with rewatching and everything, but I hadn't watched this movie in a long, long time, and that was really refreshing because I could actually enjoy it and not yeah. be like, okay, rewatching it again. Because when it first came out, I watched it all the time. And then had to take that long break from it because I, was like, yeah. I, can't, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and there's, I mean, you know, not to be fair, you know, not to hate on this movie because, you know, I really enjoy it. But I, there's so many other movies that if I'm going to rewatch an MCU movie, it's not going to be this one. Yeah. And I'd rather take my time to do that instead. But it was, yeah, it was enjoyable to rewatch it and, and hear some of those snappy one-liners again. The cheese. I don't think this is 
We'll get I don't, it. I don't think this is I don't a know. cheesy Joss movie. Joss Whedon saw the script and he was like, he went into the fridge and pulled out some Parmesan and he was like, let's get some more cheese on it and just sprinkled away. Anyway, uh, so first, uh, this was a movie I remember distinctly. Before I get into my thoughts on the movie, I want to talk about when I first saw it. Is I went to the midnight show of this and I organized an outing for my friends. Uh, and we were all going to wear costumes, but I ended up being the only person who wore a Captain America hat, which was kind of whatever. Uh, it was a sold-out show, and one of my friends canceled with, like, six hours to go, so my mom ended up coming with us, but she sat, like, in another row because I didn't want her to hang out with us. She liked it, but she's like, I can't believe I'm watching this movie at midnight and leaving at, like, 2 in the morning. <laughs> well, actually, more like 2.30 in the morning. It's two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, honestly, now that I think about it, I think I've only seen two midnight shows. It was Captain America 1, which was not sold out because no one was super excited for Captain America 1, and then Avengers 1 because after Avengers 1 was the Aurora shooting, and after that... Uh, yeah, the yeah. Hollywood industry restructured itself to not have midnight shows anymore, mm-hmm. which is has always been a very let's be real. It's because they wanted to put in more show times to make more money. That's that's why that happened, and they used that as a scapegoat. Sidebar, sorry, but energy was so intense for that. And the thing is also like you know you go to a movie at midnight around the one forty five a.m. part is when everyone starts getting really slap happy, <laughs> and that's when this movie like gets to its third act, which is incredible. So there was just like cheering, screaming, laughing at everything. It was incredible. Uh, I, I think that this is one of the best MCU cinematic experiences. As for the movie itself, I think it was absolutely what everyone wanted in 2012. I think even now, uh, I would say it is the best... Mm- I don't know how to put this because I don't think it's the best. Yeah, I don't think it's the best made one. I think it's the best structured MCU Avengers movie because Age of Ultron obviously is kind of very sloppy. Yeah. Then both Infinity War and Endgame experiment with their structure to differing degrees of success, in my opinion. I think this is the best, like, classical way you could tell the story. Uh, I think Loki's great in it. I think for the most part, and I think also the other thing about 20, looking at this in 2012 is in 2012. Iron Man was only one of these that was super popular, and I like that this movie still keeps it an ensemble, mm-hmm. uh, and that to me is a big deal because, for example, we you were, we're doing this in Avengers First Class, but like X Men, right? Wolverine was always a hundred percent the main character of those movies. Yeah. This Iron Man be the main character. We have to pick a main character, but Cap isn't it a ton. Thor isn't it a ton once he shows up because he shows up late to the party, uh, and Black Widow has a big role in it too. So. I don't know. I think Avengers 1 is solid. I do think I've watched it too much. I watched it last year, which made this watch kind of rough. Last year, I enjoyed it, and the last time I'd seen it before then was 2018. So I think I'd give it two years in between. Uh, but yeah, I saw it four times in theaters. I like Avengers 1. Yeah. However, <laughs> <laughs> awkward laugh. Definitely awkward laugh. This is where we get to our uh, disclaimer, which is that in recent days, uh, uh, if you haven't paying attention to the news, Joss Whedon is, to say it very likely, a prick. Uh, that is an extremely light way of putting it. Ray Fisher, who is uh, the guy who plays Cyborg in Justice League, accused Joss Whedon in July of 2020 that he had done professional and abusive behavior to the cast and crew of the film when he of Justice League when he took over Zack Snyder. Uh, news had come out since then saying that he basically took down, which is true, because there's now a Snyder cut that we can point to as this is what Snyder would have tried to do, even though a four-hour-long version of the movie, so it's not exactly what Snyder was going to do. But anyway, my point is, completely got rid of Cyborg's big role in the movie. 
he added a ton of jokes. He added this is what always sticks out to me in that movie, unrelated to Cyborg, is he added a weird joke where Flash gets his head stuck in Wonder Woman's breasts. And since Ray Fisher came out and spoke about it, news has come out that Gal Gadot has said he wanted to make her cry on he threatened her career and said he wanted to make her career go away. Uh, but moreover, ignoring the Justice League stuff, Charisma Carpenter, who acted on Buffy and Angel, called her fat when she said she was when she was pregnant and asked her if she was going to keep it, which so gross, disgusting. Uh, so Joss Whedon is not a good person. But this is a part of the MCU history, so we're still going to discuss the movie, and we're gonna. It's we are going to have to discuss Whedon's writing and direction of the film, uh, but we do want to acknowledge before we get into that that he's, like uh, you know like yeah yeah. So there we go. Uh, if you're unaware of all this stuff about Joss Whedon, how you know? Uh, so Tyler, how about we you, you lead in the movie because I just talked about all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So digging into Avengers one, um, also oddly called Avengers Assembled. In other like parts of hey, the world, actually, know why it's called that? Do you want to know why? Why? Um, so it's also why the logo in the technical title of this movie is Marvel's The Avengers. It's not actually called The Avengers in the U.S. Yeah. The title of the movie is Marvel's The Avengers, and that's because in the late '90s there was another movie called The Avengers that was based off the TV, the show, TV show The show Avengers. Avengers. Okay. And the TV show The Avengers is much bigger in Europe than it is here. Yeah. That's why it had to be called Avengers Assemble over there, because okay. they were like, we don't want people confused with this more popular property. Yeah. Not even more popular property. I think it was also just copyright law. It was not allowing it just to be titled The Avengers. Yeah. In in the next couple of weeks, we will uh, get the Loki series coming out on Disney+. Plus. Um, super excited, excited for that. And I want to talk a little bit about... <laughs> uh, Loki as a character, because it's not going to be the redeemed Loki that we saw die at the hands of Thanos in Infinity War. You know, this is this is an unredeemed Loki bent on vengeance and power. Um basically immediately post Avengers. Exactly. Yeah. So uh so yeah it's post Avengers, pre Dark World. Uh he's not went to prison, anything after that. Um so yeah the last the last discussion that he really had with Thor then would have been uh well the last interaction would have been when he stabbed him before jumping off Stark Tower. Uh close to it. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I think they interact very briefly in Endgame. You know, like we do yeah. see them. Yeah, like, like when, the when, when the Avengers yeah. round it round him up to take him away. But uh, uh but yeah, so so yeah, I just kinda wanna wanna talk about that. Like what do we see this character we've got an open book really with him. I was thinking a lot about that rewatching the trailer for Loki this week, the fact that we're dealing with a Loki that we haven't dealt with in a while. You yeah. know, as you said that that redemption arc of sorts hasn't happened yet. And the last thing you have is this this god who was willing to unleash these aliens, these creatures mm-hmm. on New York City and the world. Yeah. With People like no real to do Thanos's bidding. Literally, he yeah. was you know, I mean, he was being—he was being metaphorically and literally slapped around by by Thanos and company. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's just going to be an interesting dynamic, specifically for yes, I see you specifically for 
uh, Tom Hiddleston, like acting wise, mm-hmm. to have to kind of not regress is not the word I want to use, but you know, like to have to go back and find this element of this character that to he hasn't touched. Recreate, in a while. yeah, recreate right. that character, right. yeah. Uh, talking about the stuff that Marvel's been like trailers, little like clips and stuff that Marvel's been releasing on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. They released a Loki meets Mobius clip, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a was a really interesting look into into Loki. But watching that is what really got me thinking. You know, this is that Loki that's like, yeah, I did bad things, and I'll say that I'm not going to do them again, but I'm going to do them again. You know, right. Uh, right. It'll be really interesting to see uh, what that is going to bring to the MCU. After Endgame, we can't really say like, "Oh, we're it's just a reset," you know. Right, after right. you know all of the all of the consequences of that, mm-hmm. uh, so it's really interesting that this one character is making this reset. To be clear for the podcast, I didn't watch the clip because uh, I'm too cool for clips. That's. You know, why is Ty and Dan? It's more why is with Ty and Dan hates everything. No, it's, I'm kidding. I just didn't watch the clip. I, <laughs> da, da, da. And I, Dan? Question mark. Why <laughs> is with Ty and why is Dan on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Tori, sorry. Go ahead. My alternate title for your podcast is Here's Why Danny Thinks Your Opinion Is Invalid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm, I'm the villain here. That's what I think. Oh, um, Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, first of all, sidebar, I think it's interesting that Owen Wilson is going to be in the MCU now. But no, I do think it's an interesting dynamic with Loki that, I mean, specifically in the trailer when they have the whole, like, here's everything you've said, please Mm -hmm. sign. Like, there's no way in his immortal life. It's in the trailer, to be clear. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, there's no way in his immortal life that that is everything that he's ever said. Right. (laughs) King of, like, epic monologues. Like, you can't tell me that. It's I'm, it's a I'm lot. For yeah, I am. Yeah, I am too. I'm. Too. I am really like you said. I'm really excited to see what Owen Wilson's oh. involvement is going to be. Right. Going to be in this. I think it's going to be interesting to discuss that down the road, just because this is the first Marvel property that's being made as a TV show. And what I mean by that is, is that Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision exists primarily to set up upcoming movies, mm-hmm. not upcoming televisions. Loki has already been said they're aiming for a second season within it. So I think Loki's going to be a bit more insular and probably a bit more focused on its story. Anyway, that has nothing to do with Avengers 1. That's just why I'm excited for Loki. Uh, but I think rewatching this with specifically looking for Loki and what Loki's frame of mind is going to be going into his TV show is super interesting because Loki is, this is definitely the most evil Loki ever gets. Right. He kills innocents on purpose. He doesn't really care. He threatens to kill an elderly man at one point. Uh, and he would do it if Captain saved the elderly man. Yeah. It's stuff like that where it's like, and it's so much more intense than Thor because we just rewatched Thor a couple weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, he's way eviler here. Even though, granted, in Thor, he does try to start a war, but it's much more like, it's less, it's less cruel, more like, you know what I mean? Like, he is not a good person in Loki, but it's more that I don't think he really comprehends what he's doing to get the throne. Whereas in this, he's very like, yeah, I'm doing this to mess over everyone. He's very calculated. Know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm a little honestly worried that they might. Uh, keep him more because from the trailers to me, he does look more like the jokey Loki. No rhyme intended. Uh, but, I, I but like, like a jokey Loki, anyways. <laughs> jokey Loki, uh, but well, okay. Here's the thing with me even calling him jokey Loki is I even think in Ragnarok, he's not that jokey. Jokes in Ragnarok because that is the most funny Thor movie, right? right. Uh, belong to Thor, belong to Hulk, belong to Valkyrie. Loki still has funny moments, but I think Ragnarok is the one movie where Thor movie where he doesn't steal the show. Um, which is why 
I think it's more Loki. I guess more like trickster Loki. I don't really think Loki's much of a trickster in this. He's just a villain. Uh, well, and I think that it's also important looking at Avengers 1, the aspect that he just got his butt handed to him by the Avengers. And yeah. he's going into this with that. So he's he was already calculated and you know, with evil intent beforehand. And then that added malice that comes with literally getting your butt handed to you. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going in with even more ire and anger than he had before, if that's even possible. But I also think he's going to be a bit more desperate than before, because I think one aspect of this movie, I think near the end, Loki knows he can get away with this stuff, even if when he's failing, because he knows Thor's not going to kill him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, near the end, he's like, you know, like at the end where he like makes a joke about, like, can I have that drink now? Because in a way, Thor being there is reassuring, because Thor's not going to let Loki die, mm-hmm. uh, which is why... Loki's show is going to be interesting because he's going to really be in a setting where, like, no, you don't have that protection buddy anymore. He's going to miss his big brother. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so shall we talk about Avengers now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We always like to talk about the Marvel cold open. Although I do think it's worth it's worth noting that this movie kind of gives you a uh, preliminary Marvel cold open in a way. Because, so this movie came out today. We wouldn't get that really weird thing where the Cosmic Cube is creating the Marvel logo. Yeah. <laughs> we would not, yeah. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, you'd likely get is the scene with the other talking and then into the Marvel logo. And then you get the cold open with S.H.I.E.L.D., which then gets the, the Avengers title. Because the thing is, all the Avengers movies that came out post-Marvel, but Endgame has an actual Marvel logo cold open and then a movie cold open. Is the move the Marvel cold open is the scene of Hawkeye, and then the movie cold open ends with "Let's get the son of from uh, Sevens." Yeah, got to get that explicit tag now. It's you can bleep me. I'll do like a saxophone sound. It'll be like <laughs> that's a goose. But anyway, you can just just edit in uh, Iron Man saying in Avengers uh, two language language. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about a bad running joke anyway anyways we'll talk about that when we get to ultron yes. uh this movie kind of famously not infamously but i i remember the discourse of this movie pretty heavily because i think this was the first marvel movie to have discourse because uh, even though iron man was popular it was popular in the sense that it was not to say avengers wasn't mainstream but avengers the talking about avengers one became more of like this was huge this was a huge movie so everyone was talking about this yeah. And really dissecting it on, like, could this be better? So, one of the points of contention I remember people saying, and I didn't agree with it at the time, but now I kind of do, especially rewatching it just a year after the last time I saw it, was the opening 45 minutes of this is really slow. And that is most prevalent in this cold open, which doesn't feature any Avengers characters, right? It, it features Loki, eventually, but it's just Nick Fury, who is cool, and then the generic S.H.I.E.L.D. agents... Because, I'm going to be blunt, we, we say we love Coulson in this, but in my opinion, Clark Gregg and Colby Smulders are both just, they're there to be, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents for Nick Fury to bounce off of. That's why they exist. Uh, and for for Clark Gregg, he's there to be, like, well, you've been the connective tissue beforehand, so you're going to be connective tissue now. Oh, I guess Hawkeye's here. I forgot. Like, see, Hawkeye's so forgettable. Hawkeye is in this cold open. I always think of the line here, people... People always talk about uh, Whedonisms. Uh, and Whedonisms are like lines that are designed to be clever, but as soon as you think about them, they're like, no, they're just kind of obvious. Sorkinisms are kind of the same thing, but Aaron Sorkin has never written a Marvel movie. So, anyway, the one that always pops up to me in this movie is in the cold open, which is when Hawkeye goes, Well, it's a door, isn't it? Well, doors open from both sides. And it's just like meant to be like, 
Wow. So doors open on both sides is a dumb line. In honor of me saying, do you have any specific dumb lines in this movie that stick out to you? Because I do think there are other ones. But doors open on both sides are definitely is definitely my choice. There are so many just like one-liners in this one. I can think of 12% of a line. I really like the 12% thing. Uh, that they do. I, I really like the chemistry of that of that scene. The thing that's interesting about the 12% thing to me is kind of, well, first, Tori, do you have anything? Because I want to actually play off a of 12% before we move on. Okay, yeah, go for it. Okay, well, the 12% thing to me is kind of, um, this movie, because we don't have this in our notes, so I think we can just talk about it now. This movie avoids an issue that Avengers 2 does and Civil War has, which is that Gwyneth Paltrow actually came back for some scenes. Uh, and this movie still has an well. My, this movie does still have an issue of Natalie Portman not coming back, but I think yeah. it's more. Well, the thing is, this Thor's relationship in this movie is still primarily with Loki, so we don't really need Natalie Portman back. But yeah, seeing that the whole point of Iron Man's arc in this is the idea of acknowledging the sacrifice play, which of course comes full circle in Endgame eventually. You need to have something to ground to what he is sacrificing. So I like that when Paltrow showed up for this movie. Like the one line, like talking about lines that we, there's a lot of good ones, but I think the one that I sort of laughed at, but also I'm just like, why, why is this here? Is Tony Stark walks in and is like, how does he look at these, mon- like, how does he look at these? And she's like, he turns around. Like for some reason, like talking oh, about the screens. Yeah. Like, yeah. how does he He's like, that's inconvenient. I was just like, why? Why does that need to What's weird about that line to me is like, I would. I thought the joke is like when that joke starts. You think the joke is going to be about Nick Fury having one eye, but then no, it's just he's lazy. Like it's just Robert Downey Jr. is lazy. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Bruce Banner Hulk um, with this movie? Because it's very obvious that he's not played by Edward Norton anymore. Right. Um, so so yeah, I I thought that this should have been the first time that we meet bruce banner hulk like if if someone would ask me like if you can only have 22 of the 23 mcu films to watch which like which one would you leave out and it would still make sense i would leave out the incredible hulk because this movie did it it was almost like they were like yeah this is a different bruce banner so we have to explain his whole origin story through dialogue you know all over Um, again well my my answer to you is a question to Tori first. Is Tori, when did you see The Incredible Hulk? Or have you even seen it? You don't have yes, to see it. Yes, I have it. seen oh, it. Okay. I don't remember when I've seen it, but I have seen it. My my thing is, is I know for a fact, I did not see Incredible Hulk until like 2015 or 2016. Mm. Uh, so this was his first appearance to me in the MCU. Gotcha. You know, I didn't watch The Incredible Hulk before I saw this movie. I know that for yeah. a fact. Uh, yeah. And so to me, I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, I guess, but I think there's a large contingent, like no one in my family had seen The Incredible Hulk, but we also have Avengers in theaters, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, clearly works fine without it. But I also like, yeah, I'm not going to like call it The Incredible Hulk as he shouldn't exist because I think a vast majority of people, not a vast majority, but a solid contingency of the people who saw Avengers never saw Incredible Hulk. Avengers gotcha. did like over $600 million at the box office in the US alone. Mm-hmm. I think the Incredible Hulk did like 130, 140 million, which is still money, but like nowhere near the level of this. Well, I think yeah. everyone kind of collectively agreed that Ruffalo was a better choice. Mm-hmm. I also think Ruffalo, fun fact, this is my side note here. 
kind of with my thing that I've said about Loki and Avengers and Thor one. I think Mark Ruffalo looks significantly younger here than he does in any other Marvel movie he's in. And even ignoring Marvel, now you see me, the movie he's in, you know, the, the magician heist movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that weirdly was a thing that no one ever acknowledges anymore. But anyway, uh, that came out a year after. I think he looks ridiculously older in Now You See Me than he does here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Loki, like because I think Loki looks much older in this movie than he did in one. Uh, anyway, that's just a thing where it's like, huh. Uh, so that's my answer. Is like this should be the first time you meet him, I guess. But like to me, it was the first time I met him, so I don't really. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't really I can't really I can't really answer the question. Gotcha. You know, yeah, like, I get. Yeah. I guess that it, that's more of a like. I wish that my first introduction to that this character would have been in Avengers One because they do a really good job of like we. They just mention the beast, the monster that you, you mm-hmm. know they they build up the to beast. it. Like, you know, like if you go uh, James McAvoy in Split. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so they, made, they wait, wait, wait. I almost made a joke about that when we saw first class, when I was like, the, when he's like, you're, you look like a beast. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, okay. I'm sorry. Go on. Sorry. Anyways. Uh, so, so yeah, I, they do a really good job of introducing this, this character and the rest of the MCU works without the incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think uh, also, but, yeah. the thing to mention about Hulk in this movie is that you don't even need... Hulk is one of those characters like Spider-Man where his origin is known by everyone. Because he had right. a popular TV show and a popular cartoon yeah. pretty much constantly the entire time he's been around. Alex, also, like, I'd say Superman and Batman. You don't ever need to do their origin story if you don't want to. Right. People know right. what they are. I've already said this before. Well, actually, this kind of when we were talking about Civil War. I don't think... I think even Tom Holland's, like, they weirdly avoid saying of great power comes great responsibility, Right. This character and Uncle Ben is never brought up, so that to me is weird. Uh, but I think this is probably the best example of something using the cultural osmosis and just telling a story, moving on with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do hope. Uh, what's it? Matt Reeves' Batman movie does that too well. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. We don't get an origin story in it. Uh, oh, please no. <laughs> I think Hulk is used well in this. I think Ruffalo is great casting. He's a yeah. very tempting. I'm gonna say him now. He very tempting M- MVP of this but he's not my MVP. Then moving on to my next point, Nanner, do we ship? Okay. Natalie and Banner. For, first, them. my answer is no, but second, I also think this is a better question for Ultron. I don't really get much ship tease here. I think the ship tease yeah. you get here is Natalie and Hawkeye, which makes, the, yeah. which yeah. makes the shift point in Age of Ultron super weird because we didn't wrote both. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. also... Yeah, that is weird. In Winter Soldier, uh, Natalie's Natasha. I don't know why I'm saying Natalie. It's Natasha. Why'd you put Natalie? <laughs> you, you threw me off here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Tasha wears a necklace in Winter Soldier that has an arrow on it that's like close to her heart. So that's me implied they were a thing. But then Reedon's like, nope, Hawkeye actually has a family. And it's like, what? Like, that's what makes it weird is because he wrote both of them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. what makes it bizarre. Is like, it's not like. It was a handoff that went bad. No, he he wrote both movies, and the Russos thought he was implying that. Well, well, to to tie in with that, like this movie, it really does feel like, like if you put that in the notes, Tyler, a knock eye movie. Knock eye, <laughs> yeah. um, because you Wouldn't have that it be entire because it's Black Widow. 
Just say I like knock guy. <laughs> I do like knock guy too. Well, knock guy like, also sounds like like you knock an arrow too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you have that entire scene with Loki when he's in his cell where mm-hmm. he's, and I know that that's a whole like reverse psychology thing with Natasha, but at the same time he's using Hawkeye he thinks to get to her because he's like yeah. I'm going to make him kill you because I have control over him and that's that true. like yeah. bond that Natasha and him seem to have really comes through in this movie and then all of a sudden it's like nope Hulk yeah You're like okay <laughs> yeah I feel like this is I, I feel like talking about this now is kind of weird because I do think the banner and Natasha thing comes more from yeah right, right. yeah yeah, well, we can. I do. Oh, wait, wait. If we want to talk about Banner yeah. a little bit more, unless you have it in the notes, anything I'm going to ship Banner with in this, it's Tony. Uh, <laughs> the Science Bro thing was such a cool yeah. thing. And the, the Tony. Thing is, uh, <laughs> I want to bring it up super quick. Or Bark. I, I think there is. I think it's there is a ship name. I just don't know what it is. Uh, is I remember the trailer showed Hawk, uh, Hulk grabbing Tony when he was falling out of the portal. But it hits so much better in the movie proper because there are the banner and Tony relationship is so well bit, built despite they're having such a small amount of screen time yeah. that yeah. when we see Banner come through Hulk, because that's really the only time in this movie we see Banner influence Hulk is him saving right. Tony. Uh and it feels so, it's such a good payoff. There's a point in the film most of the team is assembled on the airboat. Um they find Loki's location is now in Germany, and Fury says, Cap or Captain. You're up, which is I laugh out loud each time. I've seen this movie ten times because and I've never Fury caught this. You're up, and he's like, Captain, you're up, and I'm like, Yeah, you're up. You, you got it. You, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I just so so I my note about it. Germany, but I don't think it was on purpose. I know about Germany is this filmed in Cleveland, and I actually visited the set. My aunt lives in the tower. Not lives. Not lives. She doesn't live there. Uh, she works in the tower, which is Water Tower Place in Cleveland. And it was so cool because, like, we went, we visited, and, like, they had, like, you know how that, that exterior that's written in, like, obviously German uh, that makes it look like a big theater? Uh, yeah. And that's just, like, a place in Cleveland, like a mall in Cleveland. So it was really? cool that up when I visited. Uh, the only part, though, I really saw being, I saw a bit of the Battle of New York being filmed from very far away. Like, I saw flashes of Thor's hammer and cap shield but still made me freak out when i was like what i think filmed in 2011 yeah because i saw actually i saw captain america one after we watched it film like i went with my aunt that day yeah uh we uh so i guess i was uh, i was 16 at the time i didn't mean to like lose my mind laughing it was just you were like speaking of germany this was filmed in cleveland and i was like (laughs) ah yes yeah Marvel shot a lot of their films in Cleveland for a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Captain America 2, I've also been on the highway where the big highway fight takes place. So I guess we'll talk about that next week. I just wanted to brag, like, I saw this film, guys. This was so cool when this <laughs> happened. I was like, I know oh, pretend- I know the I know the park across the street. That's right at the park. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh films need to film but... in Chicago. The Dark Knight's the only movie that gives me that feeling where I can actually recognize places. Uh, the Dark Knight uh, Transformers. Widows, too. Oh, yeah. Transformers, yeah. I forget. Widows does it, too. I don't know if you've seen Widows, but it's a There's an episode drama. of uh, a little TV show known as Supernatural that <laughs> I don't know if we have any fans of that show. No, not at all. I'm not <laughs> sitting right next to like a pillowcase that has Sam and Dean's face on it. I don't know. What you're <laughs> you were next to a pillowcase with Bucky on it. <laughs> They're both here. My bed is right here. 
okay. <laughs> but I, there, there was a scene. There was a scene in in Supernatural. Uh, someone transformed into an animal or something in Chicago down by the river, and there was like a mur- a murder in the show that happened right there. And I remember walking through through Chicago um a couple years ago, and I I remember walking past this place, and I was like, holy crap. I, I, I saw that on a show. I like it, it was really cool. Walk you know walking past and recognizing that area. Yeah. Um, Tori, have you seen this? Is just a, I want to give one more Chicago story. Uh, Chicago in the movies type of thing. Uh, right. Tori, have you right. seen Ocean's Eleven? Yes. No, Taylor hasn't. So I just recently saw it here in Chicago at the Music Box. Which, if you're ever in Chicago, you have to go to the Music Box. I keep saying that, but I'm just saying it to you now. Cuts to Chicago, and Matt Damon's on the L. And I was just like, man, we should be cheering right now. This is so Chicago yeah. right now. Yeah, he's on the L. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Talking talking about Loki being in Germany. Uh, we got the Loki eyeball scene, which. Oh. My my favorite part of that is the use of atmospheric audio like <laughs> so we, gross like we hear of of what like we hear hear the, the eye orchestra well i'm talking oh, about okay never we mind hear, no, no, we right, hear the okay. orchestra playing and that works our way like into the music for that for that part of the scene and i really like when films do this they use the app you know the app it's a bit more style than the rest of this movie it's has. yeah and and i really like that like to me natural audio is the best audio that you that you can get and i guess that's that's also coming from a theater standpoint. When you're watching theater, a punching sound effect over the speakers sounds horrible compared to somebody doing like a chest slap to simulate getting punched. I just want to say the eyeball scene is so gross. Oh my god, this is like the one scene in the MCU where I have to like be like, I can't look. Like it's so gross to me. I'm sorry, it just <sighs> is. I yeah, no same. That I know we'll talk about it later <laughs> with the awards and stuff, but like I yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I do like the uh the that that's an actual Holocaust survivor who mm-hmm. stands up to Loki, which to me that is super super significant for this this film, you know, including kind of like there. I think this movie exists in a weird cross section. And this is me being positive towards it. Where yeah. this is right before the Marvel Marvel MCU became an industry than sincere superhero movies all the way. Yeah, I feel like that is something that's straight out of like a rainy movie in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, stopping the movie for a Holocaust survivor to say, "We stand up to men like you," and mm-hmm. I like that. It's a very nice, sincere moment in it, mm-hmm. and it's a w- weird cross section because a lot of this movie also does still feel like this is like what Marvel is going to become with like chess pieces moving around to set up things. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I like that the movie stops for that. It's very nice. Yeah. Well, and it's um, a really yeah. sweet segue into Captain showing up, like Captain America showing up, because of Captain America's history with World War II. Yeah. It really yeah, is exactly. a nice segue into like him continuing what he. It's like a little bit of familiar territory for him, you know, in this yeah. world of of not familiar. Yeah, we could have used a little bit more of that with with Cap mm-hmm. um, in this movie, and we, there's actually some deleted scene. There's a deleted scene that shows uh, Captain America's. Uh, kind of just every day after mm-hmm. he was thawed and one it makes the waitress interactions make so much more sense later in the movie um because she's actually introduced there um mm-hmm. and then it explains yeah it explains why the camera lingers on her so much it also explains like what happened to captain america's 
uh, team. Like it shows this person's deceased, this person's deceased. Doesn't it acknowledge Peggy too? It does. It, it acknowledges up, Peggy doesn't and it Cap. Set up Winter Soldier Cap, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And Cap, Cap looks at. It explains where he got her address, where he got her contact information. He looks at the phone like, "Yeah, I'm going to make this call." And I'm like, we get this. It's this. These little moments with. It's like, yeah, this really is a man out of time. That's uh-huh. kind of he's super out of his element. I think that scene should be in the movie. It's one of those deleted. Like, hate to break. The, I usually think most deleted scenes should stay out. There's like a couple of deleted scenes here and there. I think should be in another one. Yeah. I think just because I want to give it lip service as an example, but we don't need to talk about it because it's about the Last Jedi. Is there's a scene in the Last Jedi where Luke explains his philosophy way better than he does in the movie proper. Mm-hmm. That was cut because of pacing, but I think it should be in the film. And yeah. it also makes sense because it's, he's like, I'm going to teach you three lessons and he only teaches her two in the movie. But anyway, I think this Captain America scene should definitely be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it sets up it's better than anything he really gets in the movie proper for his characterization. Yeah. And Winter Soldier kind of moves past his man of time stuff, which makes sense because it should, because time is moving on. But I think it would have been a really good thing to have in the film. I think the thing Whedon does worst in the movie, if we had to pick like a worst valuable player, it'd be Captain America. Because this is the worst depiction of Captain America in any of the movies. Yeah, Even, yeah. And I would say, because you have him listed as, just say it, Tyler, because that's your opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, and, that, and that's my point, is like in this in this film, he's an unbearable Boy Scout in this movie. It's, he it's does a, have a few good lines. He does. Yeah, no, I, I want to give credit does, to the line he has, he has about like God. I really like yeah. the, the idea of the MCU acknowledging a religion is like, oh great, this happened because it was a Paramount movie. Like you know, like you wouldn't have a line like that even today in a Marvel movie. I feel like he is an unbearable Boy Scout in this movie, which also it sets up. It makes it very clear the the contrast between him and Tony. This is a hundred percent a Whedon problem because I think there's a similar issue in Ultron. With the language running joke. And it's so weird to go from this to Russo's cap back to Whedon cap. Because yeah. the Russo's cap is so much more competent. He is he is a good person, but he's willing to take risks. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Right. Uh, right. The only time in this movie where it comes close to that is when he, like, on his own goes to investigate the, uh, you know what I mean? The uh, weapons. The what, weapons. Yeah, That's the, weapons, the only though. time in the movie where he actually feels like Captain America to me. Yeah. Also, his costume is terrible. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, uh, the only time it looks remotely good is near the end where he stops wearing the helmet. Yes. Uh, it look, starts looking okay once it gets a bit more battle-worn, and, like, mm-hmm. he's not... But it's just such a bad costume. Yeah, right. yeah. And Chris, well, Evan, Chris Evans even agrees. Like, yeah, yeah, it's I was, such I was a terrible say, costume. If you've seen um, the gag reel for, I think it was Endgame, where he's, yeah. got, he's got the helmet on again, and he literally makes a comment of, like, how did I do X many movies with this helmet on? Because he's yeah. so fed up with I just remember, I remember when the, the, that costume was shown, like, in Endgame. I was just like, oh, my gosh, we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, because only he looks bad. I think Iron Man's costume's great. And now we can talk about, we can move on to talk about our next point, which is, what's our thoughts on Sleeveless Thor? Because I actually like the Thor costume, too. Uh, yeah. Even though it gets so eluded, re- I think it's so silly that it gets like a big dramatic, like, oh, he's powering up by getting sleeves now <laughs> later right. on in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And that also reminds me of our vision thing where it's like vision's flying a long time. Thor spent so much time in that field in this movie just staring at his hammer. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, but what are our thoughts on Sleeveless Thor? I like it. I like Sleeveless Thor. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I like. It. I don't have don't have uh, much to much Thoughts? to say. Yeah, His muscles. Uh, <laughs> dim muscles, though. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. During the the Stark v Thor v Cap scene, um, Stark's tech is upgraded as he goes along. Like that's something I've appreciated throughout the MCU in its entirety. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, like here, we we now know that there are like some kind of charging panels or recharging, you know, something in his suit that's built in, obviously after the battle with Whiplash in Iron Man Two. Um, side note: my wife forgot the name of Whiplash in Iron Man Two, and we were watching it one time, and she called him. What well, my boy? But wait, what do you call? She, call, she called him Whippy Strips. It's <laughs> a good name. I like that name. Uh, yeah. It um, is better. I'm like, yeah, Iron Man v Whippy Strips. But we have comments on the Stark tech, but I want to save it for your next point about Iron Man. Uh, but I do like in this movie the helicopter, the helicopter, the helicarrier scene where it gets super damaged, and like when he gets out of it, you can tell it's super damaged. I like like that to me was like, yeah, it's really good. Tori, yeah. I feel like we're not letting you talk. Should you? Do you have any thoughts on this stuff? I appreciate, you know, Iron Man's... And I love the, like, at the near the end when he has the bracelets with the suit so that it can yeah. scan. Because that's we'll just talk about another... that now. Yeah, we, yeah. We I mean, talk about that now. that's just an element of advancement in his technology. Like, it's not just the suit. It's this new... Basically saves his life because he would have completely oh. went splat if right. <laughs> not otherwise um, intended for that. But, yeah, yeah, because yeah, before this, he's been, like, building... It's kind of just one suit at a time. Right. You know? And then, well, Danny, what were you going to say? Oh, I have a question for you, Tyler. It's yeah. that in our notes, you say that your favorite Iron Man suit-up in this film is to jump from the tower. Yeah. I would agree with that. Would you say it's your favorite Iron Man suit-up ever? No, my favorite Iron Man suit up ever is from Iron Man Two. It's okay. Good, I agree. The race, yeah, yes, yeah I agree. Okay, good. Detail, I'm glad we agree there. <laughs> the detail on that one is so good. I love that suit too. But then Whippy Strips had to. Like, I want to say. It. So I think also this is a turning point for Iron Man, in mm-hmm. a sense, uh, in terms of his suits. Because yeah. after this movie, his suits become much less tangible. And I know it's a part of the plot of Iron Man 3 is that he's trying to make it be super easy to put on. Yeah. But I like it more when it's tougher for him to put on. You know what I mean? Like It makes mm-hmm. it more of a challenge when he's not in his suit. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it also gives us these cool suit-up moments. He's got to be with Later on, we don't get you know? yeah. That's said, I do like the scene in Iron Man 3 where he just has the glove. I think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But mm-hmm. that's different. That's a different thing to talk about. Um, so let's talk about Hawkeye. Uh <laughs> My favorite character from Thor 1. Because I think it's interesting. Because I think Hawkeye, as you said when we are talking about your question for next week, Tori, I think he is easily mm-hmm. the worst part of this movie in terms of the Avengers. Oh, no. I think Captain America is the worst part. But I think Hawkeye gets the biggest, like, the shortest end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because I think the discourse at the time was, yeah, Hawkeye sucks in this. But I think looking back on this, I think this movie spotlights Hawkeye's powers way better than any other movie he's been in. Yes. yes. We get these cool, like, close-up shots of the arrows going super far. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, Loki catches it, and he, sm- sm- like, snickers, then it blows up on his face. Stuff like that. Um, right. Like, I don't think, when I say that, you know, he's my least favorite Avenger, I don't mean power-wise, because mm-hmm. he is very, very skilled. And, you know, the moments when he's in the middle of talking and then can look one way and just shoot off an arrow the other direction and spot on. Like, I love that. It's just, it's so, with him being my least favorite, the fact that he's the one that gets controlled by Loki it's like just it aggravates me so much because I already am not the biggest fan of his character, and then yeah. it's like, but he's mind controlled, and I'm like, okay. It's also, like you know, this is meant. 
yeah. him and Black Widow are not really well set up before this movie. And although this movie right. does a good job as a Black Widow basically introduction in the MCU, because I really don't think she's introduced well in Iron Man 2, uh, people liked her because of this movie. Hawkeye is given the brainwashing treatment and right. is taken out of the movie for two-thirds of it. And I agree that is a major issue. Uh, but yeah, also he is kind of like, if all the Avengers are going to take, going to take this one. I will say, I also like the payoff with Iron Man, with Loki trying to brainwash Iron Man. It's a good payoff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's one of the best moments because, I mean, that has some of the best lines in it too, just like performance issues. Happen. And what's yes. great is, is like, Loki, yeah. look, Loki like shares a look with Tony and he's yeah. just like, what? Why isn't this working? <laughs> and then Tony makes a joke and looks like, I know, this. I don't want you to make this joke. <laughs> yeah. So now we'll move on to the section of our show. Uh, called I Spy With My Little Eye, A Beam of Light Shooting Into the Sky. So the last time I asked this to Danny, he just passed it off as no Well, comment. no, this is... More, what was the movie I said? So, what was the movie with that? What was the movie with the sky I beam don't, that one? I don't I think it was I Thor. Remember. I think it was Thor, and I discarded it because I don't count the Bifrost as a sky beam, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think this is a sky that's beam. That's what it was. This okay. is 100% a sky okay. beam. Okay, so... <laughs> Tori, is this a yes. quality sky beam? <laughs> you know what? I I approve of this sky beam. This this is here a... too. I I think yes. this is one of the I think this is one of the trope codifiers of sky beam. Right. Uh, before this, there wasn't really sky beams in movies, and after this, there definitely were. Right. Uh, I think another thing people need to talk about with the influence of this movie, and it's also influence uh, comes from the Dark Knight, but I think it's more from this movie. Is that after this movie came out, movies constantly had the bad guys purposely getting captured so they could mess with the heroes mm-hmm. that comes from this movie mm-hmm. uh yeah. and it comes from the dark knight because joker does that in the dark knight as well i think of like star trek in the darkness does this uh yeah. i think suicide Squad over i'm not sure but other movies do this too uh i think mm-hmm. one of the fast and furious movies do, i think fast and furious 6 might do it maybe 7 mm-hmm. i don't know my point is that trope comes from this uh mm-hmm. i think that's interesting because i think this is also one of those things where it's like the sky beam is good in avengers that story element is good in avengers the ripoffs don't really do it well. Uh, yeah. Right. And I think um, to quickly bounce off something you said earlier, Danny, I do think this movie is kind of, in my opinion, the original formula for a lot of superhero movies, like where they yeah. went with. I mean, a lot of people follow this movie as the structure for your good superhero movie, you know? Yeah, your good team up movie. Right. Good right, right, right. And I think even Guardians 1 cribs a bit of the structure from this. Right. Uh, I think Gurgens 1 is a better film. Hot take, I know. It's not really that hot a take. I think a lot of people would agree <laughs> with me there. Uh, right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, before we get into some technical stuff, I do want to give a bit of service to also, I think the third act of this movie, which we haven't talked about much. I think this is a, possibly the best third act a superhero movie ever. It's the reason this was such a big deal is like, we can talk about the first hour or so being boring. I think the Helicarry stuff is good though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the Helicarrier set piece is good. Once we get to the Battle of New York, it is such like a crowd pleasing movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so well it's so well paced that the point where it's starting to get boring, we're gonna set a nuke into New York. And there's a clear progression to the fight with like Black Widow getting up to the sky beam, having shut down, and then a nuke comes in. But there's still the cool side stuff where like, oh, we're gonna watch Thor and Hulk take down one of these guys. It's just, ah, it's such a well paced third act. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it is. And it like getting to see all of the heroes work together, you know, and just bounce their 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 powers, their skills off of the other, really working as this cohesive unit. Um, that's re- that's really cool. And then, I then like the I nuke, wish, yeah, 
And Nuke I, is such a good escalation of it. That's it what I'm, I'm sorry. We talked about this in the Civil War episode about how like we wanted more like just seeing the Avengers in like working in their how Ultron kind of skips it sadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultron Ultron opens with it. Yeah. We'll talk about the montage in Captain America one as being bad, but I think one of these movies could have really used a montage of the Avengers just doing superhero stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've talked about this briefly when we talk about WandaVision, and I think yeah. just in case... We, we've alluded to the Avengers cinematography before, so we need to finally talk about it. Right. Because uh, this is the time we need to talk about it, is that this film is shot in... I want to call it 169, but it's not 169. Because 169 is just what it's called for a TV. I want to give it the official the official title. Is It's shot in one. 0.851, uh, which means it fits your TV. Uh, the reason for this Whedon gave at the time that I remember is that why are we laughing at this? Uh, because <laughs> both Tori, both Tori and I are like we. It does fit your TV. It does fit your TV. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just and nodding. The, Keep going. Yeah. Danny. Okay. I fine. Call it full screen. So. <laughs> okay. No, but full screen is considered full screen is considered the Academy ratio because your old TV. It would have been in full screen, right? Your old yeah. TV, that's yeah. the box. Like the tube. Uh, famously, tube the Snyder TV, Cut yeah. is... Famously, the Snyder Cut is shot in uh, that aspect ratio for some reason. But actually, his reason is the same reason that Whedon shot this 69, as I call it. And the idea is also this aspect ratio allows you to play with scale a bit more. So, like, yeah. Hulk is in the frame, taking up the entire frame. And then we see Cap next to him, and it's not, like, you know... I want to give some credit that this aspect ratio isn't inherently bad. A lot of Spielberg movies are shot this way. Famously, mm -hmm. I think no one would say Jurassic Park looks like a TV show. No. Uh, the issue here is the Marvel color grading and the depth of scale that makes this look like a TV show constantly. Yeah. Uh, to me. Uh, like, for example, the entire opening sequence in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, thing looks like an ABC, like, drama. Like a... Like, that's, it looks to me like something I would see on TV, on ABC. And then I also think constantly of the shot, although this is not necessarily, it is a bad shot, but it's a funny bad shot, is the argument they have over the scepter, and we just cut the Thor, like, you people are pathetic and tiny. He's, like, so bizarrely, like, half in the frame, it's just, like, his head in the corner of it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about, right? You guys remember that shot, right? Yeah. It's so weird. All right, this has been Danny's Actress Ratio Corner. I think you guys agree with me, even though you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying. I yeah. think you agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah. As always, Tyler has to look into the deleted scenes. The film was going to originally begin with Maria Hill um, being interrogated by the World Security Council uh, about the Battle of New York. Like, we were going to start the movie post-Battle of New York, um, before she, like, freezes on this super, super cheesy freeze-up. Um, Could have been like, where you're probably like, wondering how I got here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it goes back to her, like, recalling the Battle of New York. So basically, she starts off in the opening where she's, like, it seems that she's selling out S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury, and that she's just super mad at him, and the movie, the film, the proper alludes to that of her being passive aggressive about certain things. And then we get to the ending of the the old ending where it was going to incorporate uh, where she is actually not selling out S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, but she's rather defending them. And uh, and yeah, it's I'm really glad that we didn't get this. I, I honestly cool. think it's cool, but it's it's weird. I honestly think the movie would not be as big a hit if this was the beginning and the ending of it. Yes. If this was yes. the final shot of the movie, was Maria Hill talking to a camera? No. 
the the ending of the movie, the montage that's like Nick Fury speaks over. Yeah, is legitimately like makes you go like, ah, oh, I want to watch that again. It was so good, type of thing. Yeah, post credit scenes. I well, my hot take, not really that hot, is that these are the best. This is the codification of why we like Marvel post credit yes. scenes. Yes, uh, Thanos tease. So cool, even if you Love don't know it. who he is. And the shawarma joke is fantastic. Yeah. Of course. Uh, so, to me, these are the best Marvel has done for post-credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, second place goes, as I've said before, but I just want to give it to credits so people know what I would compare to being as good, is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You all agree? Yeah, yeah. no doubt. No yeah, doubt. hands yeah. down, hands down. Yeah. So, do we do we have any predictions uh, for the Loki series slash Black Widow? Um, Black Widow. I feel like we didn't talk about Black Widow much, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about her more next week. The only prediction I want to say is not really a prediction. It's kind of like one of my predictions. Like I worry. Uh, please don't uh, make Loki too jokey initially. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm okay with us developing him back to that level. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. do have to actually build our way back. We can't just. Like, well, he was like this in Ragnarok, and right. he still needs to be somewhat... Still somewhat sinister, yeah. Yeah, I think we get that, like, watching the trailer where he's waiting in, like, that boot, like, the line, the blocked-off line or whatever yeah. with the TVA, and the person in front of him, like, freaks out, and he just, like, they just disintegrate him, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in front of that. Loki. I think that's one of those moments where we can see Loki... Being like, this is ridiculous, and then realizing that, as you guys said, he doesn't have his protection that he usually has. He's yeah, he kind of in a different that. world, you know. I'm so excited for that. I, I don't. Oh, I can't really so say excited. in regards to Avengers. I have really predictions for Loki. We yeah. can't talk about if we'd rewatch this. Uh, I'll say mine first. If I, I, my my attitude on rewatching this movie is I've seen it so much, but I could see myself watching it in three years. It is a good. It's a well made movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a good movie. My more thing I would say with this is like if I'm visiting my parents and we're flipping channels and I see Avengers is on and we're like at the helicarrier scene or even like with uh like Thor talking to Loki for the first mm-hmm. time, I'll yeah. leave it on in the background while I talk to my parents. It's a good movie. It's a good right. movie to watch in the background because I've seen it so many times and it's legitimately entertaining. Uh, and you can pretty much pick it up wherever you come in and it's just kind of the first half hour sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, very slow. I'd rewatch it, but I need I need time in between mm-hmm. in between watching them. I do enjoy it, but for me to really have that full appreciation, um, you know, those moments where I'm like I'm watching it and I'm like, man, this is really good. Um, yeah. I've got to have that that time away from it for a little while to appreciate, you know, to appreciate it. What about you, Tori? Yeah, I think in rewatching this, it helps when you have maybe something else to focus on with it. Like if you're trying to analyze another aspect of it, because yeah. with this, with this watch through, like I was really focusing on Loki because I know that the Loki we're getting in the show is right after this movie. Yeah. So I was yeah. trying to, because yeah. as we said, you know, we're so used to the redemption arc sort of Loki now that mm-hmm. I, it's, you need, you need to get yourself back in the headspace of, of sinister Loki. So if yeah. you have something like if you're focusing on just the score or just the fights, or just, like, the choreography. Like, you could just focus on that and have a... Going off of that, because I, I agree with you, and I want to I want to jump off that. If we had done this exact episode, and we gone, like, this is, we're actually prepping Black Widow, we would watch this movie in an entirely different way and have a totally different discussion about it. Right, right. You're right, I agree. That is a good way to see rewatching yeah. this, because there's a lot to digest in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, character-wise. And 
uh, cinematar- like what you said, the technical-wise. Uh, right. Let's do our awards and wrap it up. MVP. I'm going to go with Agent Coulson. He was the audience member. Yeah, in, He's a in surrogate. The audience surrogate exactly. is the official term. Got, yeah. got that with Jimmy Woo in WandaVision, but it took me a couple rewatches to fully appreciate his character. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into it because we have our own stuff to talk about. But I think I've col- I've definitely cooled off on Coulson. Gotcha. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I used to really like him in this, but now it's kind of like, all right, I know why you're here. You're here to make them come together. And another part of the discourse at the time was, is Coulson really a big enough deal to these characters for this to matter this way? Yeah. I think he matters more to the audience than to the characters, so that's why it works. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my choice is who we famously did not pick for our Thor episode, but I think it actually is Loki. Because the thing is, he shares scenes with every single Avenger in this movie, and he holds mm-hmm. his own in every one of them. And he brings out the good part of them in every scene. Like, I think about how he interacts with Tony, how he interacts with Cac, and of course how he interacts with Thor in his own. The only character he really does interact with his own is Banner, but even then we get that great Hulk versus Loki scene. Yeah. Right. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Loki's my MVP. Good job, Tom. I would uh, just like to throw my MVP out as the all of the insurance <laughs> agents dealing with their claims after the Battle of New York. <laughs> um, everyone getting a call that's like, so... This green creature just yeeted my car across, like, a parking garage. <laughs> is, is that covered? And they're like, we don't know. Um, I just, I, that, I don't know why. That just makes me laugh thinking about, we saved the world as everything's just crumbling around I them. remember, right, the Daredevil uh, show tried to acknowledge the insurance rates in New mm-hmm. York after it. But yeah. I can't remember the details. I think it was mm-hmm. acknowledged, though. But yeah, also yeah. the still-functioning shawarma place. The fact that it is still <laughs> up and running and everything going on. Like, they were yeah. like, ah, yes, everything's crumbling, but we make food. Let's do this. <laughs> we still got to make money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, scene. Uh, the Avengers, Nick Fury, and Agent Coulson working together on the helicarrier. Um, I wish like, you like air battle boat. I, air battle boat. <laughs> I could <laughs> not. I could not. <laughs> For the life of me, remember what it was called. And then Danny, you mentioned it earlier. And I'm like, oh yeah, helicarrier. That sounds much better than air, air battle, battle boat. boat. <laughs> Everyone on board the air battle boat. Anyways. <laughs> and then in Captain America too, they have a fleet of air battle boats. But um, Yeah, okay. Can I talk it, I'm extremely beefy? I'll keep it to 20 seconds. You can count. Yeah. I think it's super interesting. Kind of going back to the Iron Man thing as well, like the Iron Man uh, suit thing. Uh, the helicarrier is given this big dramatic liftoff scene to try to bring awe to the audience. But like afterwards, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's a helicarrier. You know what I mean? And then, like, of course, the next movie, we get like so many of them. All right. That's all I want to say. I think it's funny, like how you could see awe. No, but... that was funny, Danny. Shut up. <laughs> uh, well, I, I no, wrapped you it up. got it. You got it. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just wish we got more of, like I said earlier, I wish we got more of, you know, just seeing the Avengers, uh, Nick Fury, and just everybody working together. Uh, what about you, Danny? Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, I didn't bring this up because I knew I was going to bring it up in my favorite scene, is the best scene in this movie that I always, like, still feel the chills I felt like on opening night, is the one take where it, like, begins with Black Widow writing the uh, person, you know what I mean, the bad guy, uh, you know what I mean, the Chitari. Yeah, and then it like yeah. pans down to Iron Man flying by her. Iron Man sees yes, Hawkeye for a yeah. bit. Iron Man does that cool team up of Cap, mm-hmm. and it ends with Thor and Hulk taking down the giant ones. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yes, yes. always love it. That's my yeah. my go to scene. Still gives me chills here. I know people mm-hmm. talk about the spinning shot that was used in all the trailers, which is a good shot. The coolest moment is the one take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Tori? 
Oh, excuse me. Coolest scene because we have a best moment moment later. Coolest right. scene is that. Sorry. Um, Tony Stark like stalling Loki and Stark Towers just because. Mm-hmm. First of all, it leads to a great Iron Man suit up, which is the jumping off of the building, which we've already yeah. talked about. So that's an amazing lead in. But also, I love these two very egotistical individuals for different reasons. Yes, being allowed in a room alone together. Like you have this this dynamic of seeing. Black Widow with Loki, and now you've got Iron Man with Loki. And it's just a whole other dynamic of like, yeah, you're not, even though he's obviously scared because he's like, yeah. you know, okay, uh-huh, times, you know, TikTok. I just remember, I remember the roll call. I don't know if you guys remember the trailer for this. There was a trailer for this that was built around roll call, and it was like his thing where he goes, you know, like how Tony does the roll call when he's talking to Loki. Mm-hmm. It's a good scene. I agree. Right. Sorry, I'm just like, it yeah. is a great scene. Yeah, but oh. I just, yeah, that's just one of my favorites because it's just a fun, because then you get the performance issues line, which is iconic yeah. and I love yeah. that. Well, I wish yeah. they had built, I've, I've always said this, I wish they built the, you know how the uh, Avengers marketing, uh, Infinity War marketing was built around the line where like, there was an idea that we'd bring around these individuals. I wish yeah. the Endgame marketing had been built around the, if we can't protect the world, you'd be <laughs> sure we'd avenge it line. Right. I, I, right. And I was so bummed they never built, they never put a trailer out around that line because I felt like that's what I always thought about when I was like, that's what Endgame's going to have to be. It's going to be mm-hmm. that line. Yes. They never did it. Missed opportunity right. in the marketing department. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> first scene. Loki speaking with the other via projection. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> I, the, just the other, the character, the other, I, he's just so extra. And, and I'm just, which makes his death in Guardians once so satisfying. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, and the part that I'm particularly thinking about is when he like threatens to kill Loki, but I'm also like Loki's projecting himself here, and we know from past Loki scenes that his projections can't be hurt. It doesn't hurt mm-hmm. him physically, and he like the other like moves over to him quickly and acts like he's gonna like hit him with his hand or like choke him out. And mm-hmm. it's just this this feigning like violence that I'm like, this is so it's so bad. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's also it's, really it's badly edited. In, yes, it so is so badly yeah. edited. It, it's yeah, and uh, it's it's MCU Spy Kids is honestly <laughs> what it. It's so over the top. Yeah, right. So that, and like that's to, the worst scene for me to kill two yeah. birds with one stone. Like that's like real quick. Like that's my most disappointing aspect was yeah. that scene, that projection scene. Because it's like, to speak in like theater terms, it's like the convention they introduce once and then it's never touched on again. Like yeah. for the yeah, rest of the it's kind of weird. Like, or like... even in the MCU. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It is in the MCU because it's in Thor well, yeah. 1. He does that in but Thor it, 1. I forgot about that. Right. But yeah. But it's like this movie, like this big Avengers movie, it's like he can do this and then it's never talked about. <laughs> You're like, all right. right. Even, even yeah. when he, when he uh, confronts Hulk like he's talking with Hulk, you know, in the thing. Yeah, he could yeah. have used it against uh, Tony when they were okay. Right. But anyways. the Hulk, the Hulk versus Thor scene, uh, the Hulk versus Loki scene. I'm sorry, I mean, it's a classic it's, moment. Oh, of course, classic yeah. moment. We we don't have it listed here, but we do need to give a quick credit to it. Like, yeah. Oh, it's one of the funniest uh, moments in the MCU, in my opinion. I and, mean, and the Thor period. Ragnarok payoff is so good. Yes, yes. yes. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. Um, my worst scene is the argument with the scepter where it's framed again that weird cinematography where it weirdly flips the camera upside down over the scepter uh, <laughs> but even that oh, it's like yeah. you listen to the dialogue they're giving and it just like it makes no sense they're escalating things where it's like exactly. oh yeah. and like 
it's weird that like for me it's more like the black widow line really is what ruins it to me it's like black widow comes in here saying that hulk like loki's trying to unleash the hulk and then she escalates it like yeah oh, like it makes no sense we're seeing my worst scene is just the eyeball removal. I can't. Every time I have to like look away because I just can't. That really and bad, then yeah. and then seeing yeah. it appear in front of the scanner, yeah. like oh, uh, I can't. I, I oh, it grosses me out every time. So I just yeah, no. That's all I'll say. This <laughs> moment, uh, the shawarma post credit. It's so <laughs> rewarding. It's so rewarding because like Tony mentions it, and it was also kind of like. Okay, what like what the heck? You know what he just mentioned there's this swarm of place, let's go to it. And it's kinda like, okay. And then uh the movie wraps up and then we wait the whole time because it's the second post credit, right? Right. Yeah. yeah what and I- then it's like it's like finally it's like we got the reward, we got the payoff, you know, of like mm-hmm. it was worth waiting just to see them eating. What I remember about that scene that I think is worth mentioning, just super quick, is that what cracks me up about it always is that Evans had a beard at the time from a movie he was shooting, and you can tell he's just not, he's just, he's just sitting there with his hand completely covered, and that's the only thing he does. Everyone else is actually, he's just sitting there like, he looks really sad at his shawarma. Maybe he's like allergic to it, I don't know. I never (laughs) know what Cap was thinking at the time. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, mine was the ragdoll aliens, where, like, they really take funny. out the main ship, and all of a sudden, all of them are just, like, Bleh. like, they just... Yeah. I remember Weedon saying he hated that he had to do that trope, but also, it's, like... It's, well, it's it's just one, like, I appreciate suck, it, and, like, I, you know, it's one of those victory moments, but also, it's just this epic, you know, you're wondering, like, is Tony gonna live, you know, like, obviously. Yeah. It's funny, I think it happens, and they immediately cut to Tony, because it's like, yeah, we don't want to dwell right. on this, we want you to forget it, right. it's happened. Yeah, it's just uh, like, it's it. The so, big flop my, of the space whale? Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my uh, best moment, uh, well, first off, it probably actually is the Loki uh, Hulk thing, mm-hmm. but, and we also didn't talk about the Loki, the, the Thor Hulk fight, which is also really cool. Yeah, uh, where you can feel like uh, the hammer going through the helicarrier when he's like trying to get in time to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my favorite moment is so the nuke is being sent off the helicarrier, and Nick Fury runs out with like a bazooka and blows up a plane that isn't the one that's taking off. But what's great is he sees the other plane goes by and he just pulls his pistol out and he looks like he's about to try to, to shoot this plane down with just the pistol. <laughs> And he does yeah. it, but it's just so funny to me. I, I literally I made a comment about that, like, I because I was rewatching it, and like my mom was in the room, just like kind of watching it a little bit, and I verbally, without even thinking, just made the comment, "Oh yeah, that'll help." <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny moment, uh, and people never talk about it. All right, disappointing aspect: the the music. And in saying this, is like we had a we had a pretty decent score to this, but what I'm what I'm thinking is more of I wish we had solid character themes in the MCU that were repeated when in, especially in these Avengers films that eventually count like come to a medley in the final fight. Um, I think that, that would be really cool. That's the, the payoff of watching all of these individual superhero films building up to these, to these team ups. Mine is, uh, I already kind of reset it's Captain America. Yeah. And then what, uh, then, Oh, you already said yours too. Yeah, Good the, story. Yeah. All right. So best surprise. Natasha's reverse psychology on Loki. Before this film, we didn't get much, and you touched on this earlier, Danny, we didn't get much time with Natasha as a character, so we don't really know, like, how does she, how does she do what she, what she does? Um, and we really get the, the big, we get the spy moment here of where she's just been 
she delved into mm-hmm. this emotional abuse from Loki mm-hmm. just so she could figure out his intentions. Because uh, you mentioned Natasha made me think of a good runner-up for my best moment of, that's so weird. And it's during the first fight Black Widow has in the movie where she's, like, fighting the Russians. And she, like, uses her hair to knock someone out. <laughs> and there's a sound effect with the hair, too. Yeah. And the guy's knocked out. He doesn't come back. Like, she, he's, she knocks her out just by, like, whipping her hair back. Uh, best surprise is, of course, as we've referred to several times in this, is Loki being tossed around by Hulk. So mm. funny. You couldn't hear any of the lines in the theater afterwards after that. People were like screaming and laughing at the same time for a solid 30 seconds. It was incredible. No one saw it coming. It was great. My mine is um I mean obviously you know it's coming if you know yeah. anything about the, the characters, but Thor showing up to take Loki yeah. the first time like after they've captured Loki because what I love about it is you can like they mention it. It's the first time that you see Loki yes. actually yeah. somewhat nervous. <laughs> You know, he's had this resolve and this, like, comical, like, laughter of, like, you can't touch me. And then all of a sudden, the lightning starts. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Oh, well, that, that's, no. that's a, that is a really good surprise. Like, the mm-hmm. first watch through ever of seeing this. You know, we, we had mm-hmm. Thor introduced in the first Thor movie, but, uh, but, well, yeah. He wasn't so... the marketing for this. He wasn't the, let's be clear. Right. He was definitely right. the marketing for Right, so uh, we know we know right. we know he's but you gonna come along, but we don't know like, how. That's yeah. the thing about this movie is like mm-hmm. we didn't know how the heroes would all come together, and this moment especially, yeah, it's like oh, that's how Thor got there. Like you, you think that you know with Thor showing up in an Avengers movie that he's mm-hmm. going to be there to help, which he does, but it's just a good surprise that the first time he shows up, yeah. he's really hindering the process because he's like, nope. He's mine, and they're like, wait, no, right, this yeah, is a right, bigger yeah. problem in hand. I like also is, I, yeah. I just want to give this a side note, because it's just something about Thor, is I love the way Thor's powers are visualized in this movie, uh, particularly how the clouds always arrive when he actually mm-hmm. uses thunder. Most excited to see more of Loki. Yeah, I agree with Tyler. Yeah, Loki. I'm just excited mm-hmm. to see more of this uh, dynamic. My, my answer is sure, but I want to point out this was really the first movie, even though he has a decent role in Iron Man too. Nick Fury is really fun in this, and it's yeah. the only Avengers yeah. movie where he has a big role. Although he does have a big role in Winter Soldier. Uh, I'm excited to see a Nick Fury-led show, because mm-hmm. I do think he's good in this. All right, well, that's our podcast. I think we can do our outro now, because, Tori, we're going to save your final thoughts for your last appearance on this. Unless you have final thoughts on Avengers. Final thoughts on Avengers? I mean, it was just good to rewatch it with a different you know, frame and mind of thinking about Loki, and just prepping for this has made me i was already excited for the loki show and now i'm just even mm-hmm. more ready for it to be here and started um but yeah this was a good time i had fun thank you yeah thanks for thanks for coming leave you that, coming so. on the show anyway thanks for listening to this week's episode of why is with ty and dan we can be found on various podcasting platforms such as spotify apple Podcasts, pandora and on our website why is with tydan.buzzsprout.com we are also on YouTube at our channel, Why Is with Ty and Dan. You can also contact us by email at whyiswithtydan at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtyan1, because I'm number one. And follow me, Dan Evenson, on Letterboxd at Blank Mints for recent movies, including those not in the MCU. Catch you in the next one.